Welcome back to The Five Things. It's this week in social. You know, each week we dive into five topics in the world of social media to keep you up to speed and maybe provide some inspiration on the five-letter word to start your wordle. Do you know what any of that means? Well, I hope you do. Uh, So we've got Amanda Davis here. Amanda, what's your favorite five-letter word? My favorite five-letter word is friend. That could be six. I wouldn't be very good at Wordle. (laughs) Failed. Tommy Boyce is also here. Tommy Boyce, tell me you can count. What's your favorite five-letter word? I think I can count. And my favorite is about because it's three vowels. So it's outnumbering the consonants. Wow. There you go. I'm Joey Scarillo. My favorite five-letter word is thing because we got five of them. And here they are. Amanda leads off with Instagram, who are toying around with allowing users to rearrange posts on their profile page. Then Tommy sticks with Instagram, who are also testing new status display. Amanda will tell us about Twitter, who is sharing new insights into the evolving gaming conversation. Then Tommy stays on Twitter to tell us about live reacts on the platform. And then back to Amanda, who tells us about LinkedIn, who are testing audio rooms and they announced new formats for live events. All right, friends, let's get into it. Amanda, talk to us about Instagram tests allowing new users to rearrange posts on their profile page. Well, you kind of took away some of my thunder because the update is that Instagram is testing users, allowing them to change their photos on their grid. It's pretty straightforward. It's a feature that kind of acts as a drag and drop when you look at your personal profile page. Um, But it is a big deal. And it is especially a big deal as we start to see how Instagram is listening to its users a little bit more, one might venture, and receiving requests and making updates based on not only what people want to experience as the user, but also content creators and really prioritizing what would be most helpful for them. And also recently, as we chatted last week, Instagram chief Adam Masseri also pointed to the idea of Instagram testing pinned posts for profiles. So similar to the other platforms, this would allow creators and any user on the platform to keep specific posts from their profile page at the top of it. So if you were to look at it for the first time, you might see perhaps their best performing content or their favorite content or something they specifically want your eyes on as the user. So this is really exciting. And a lot of these changes also point to the fact that your profile feed may not be the main focus of the platform anymore. It's a lot more focused on the feed that is served to you by the algorithm. So this is not incredibly surprising. I think we could go maybe one episode talking about Instagram and not talking about TikTok, but it's a lot closer to how TikTok has formatted their user profiles. The big question that people have is, will Instagram eventually go full bleed video content all in TikTok? And This isn't pointing to no, (laughs) is all I'm saying. Um, So are they confirmed doing this or are they still just something they're toying around with, rearranging on the grid? It's a test right now. Um, As we'll see with most Instagram tests, they'll usually roll these out to certain users or certain markets to understand if there's appetite for it, if it causes any issue or if it has backlash. So. Not a formal edition yet, but a test. Do you think this is good timing for this to to come up, Amanda? 
I think this is great timing, actually. Um, all the platforms are still arguing and vying for the attention of content creators. So any of these decisions that they make, these specific ones that we're talking about today, are geared more towards content creators. Um, so anything that they can do on the platform to make it more appealing to them is going to help them this early on. They can't really wait any longer. Yeah. Tommy, are people still interested in their grid? I know Instagram has put a lot of focus on reels and stories, but are people still interested in how their grid looks? I think so. My first thought with this was this is going to be great for influencers and people who curate a really aesthetic vibe, aesthetic vibe, that's such a non-sentence, who curate a certain image on the platform. Because, you know, if they have to do a paid partnership or if they want to do one now, it's a lot easier to have it up, post it, and then like move it to the far, far down corner where no one even looks unless they're stalking, obviously. But I think people do care, especially, I mean, there's a whole breed of creators on Instagram who just ooze vibe and that's their whole kind of offering and that's what they're bringing to the table. So I think this gives them the freedom to be able to work with brands and collaborators they maybe wouldn't otherwise and then have the ability to just like, when it's gone, maybe not quite fitting their image, just push it away. Pretend it never happened. Still get that bag, which is great for people who work with these people because it gives us the ability to maybe, maybe you don't have a quite, maybe a brand doesn't have a great fit for this influencer, this nameless, you know, non-person, but now it has the ability to maybe make that connection and work in a way they weren't able to previously. So I think it is, um, I think people do still care. I think this is a great option for those who do still care. I still care about the grid. Um, all right, Tommy, let's stay on Instagram for a moment. Let's talk about how they are testing new status display. What are we doing? Well, I'm glad Amanda brought up Instagram and TikTok, how we always do the same thing. We bring them up at the same time. I will do it again because, you know, I've given Instagram some flack for maybe liberally borrowing from TikTok in the past. But this time they've gone a new, a new direction and they're borrowing from Facebook, their parent company. Instagram is currently in the process of rolling out a new profile status option, which allows users to set a status notification on their profile that will remain active for 24 hours, like a story sort of. Users can choose from various status options to display on your profile. And what we've seen so far includes options like working, celebrating, busy, and happy. The things like that. They're not really sentences. They're kind of just like brief, brief blurbs. So Instagram actually has been testing this feature for quite some time. The ability to set the status originally was born from Instagram's separate Threads app, which shut down last year. Um, I forgot about Threads until this very week. So that's a fun little reminder. And for those of you who don't remember, actually, Threads was designed to enhance the messaging experience on Instagram. And it gave you the ability to set a status to let people know what you're up to at any given time. So this is totally in line with Masseri's recent comments that a primary focus of the app in 2022 would be improving messaging experience, which as we said before, um, I think it's one of the app's strong suits. I like, you know, again, I message on Insta in a way that I don't on other apps. It's a more part of the experience than other apps like TikTok and Twitter. And so I'm not sure how um, exciting this announcement is and how much people will actually adopt it. Um, I'm sure brands can have some fun with it. Maybe if you have a post, you can celebrate a win if you're like maybe like a sports brand or something or a team. And I'm not sure how much users will actively adopt this. I feel like the equivalent already happens with people posting on their stories. Like if you're working, instead of setting your status to working, my first thought is, you know, send an Instagram story of an office or something like spreadsheets. One thing to note though, is that Threads actually pushed this concept even further with an auto status, 
which would enable would share like an automatic update based on location, battery life, and movement. So we'll see if Instagram adds that as well. That could be pretty cool and a little, I mean, a little big brother, but hey, it's 2022. It's kind of the trend. Um, so I'm excited to see if people actually start using this. I'm not sure if I would, um, but it's a, it's a fun new feature and it makes total sense with what Instagram is kind of piloting for this new year. Yeah, it's interesting that you said they were stealing from Facebook because my first thought was that it reminds me of the new Apple Focus feature for the phone for messages. I don't know if you've experienced that yet, but at like 10 or 11 o'clock, all my friends say, do not disturb whenever you text them and then they still text you anyway. Um, it also kind of reminds me, Amanda, I'm sure you will remember, maybe Tommy, uh, AIM away messages. Does this sort of have away messages vibe? I do not remember this. I don't know what you're, I know of the concept, <laughs> I don't know what you're, but <laughs> that's not, jarring. Not <laughs> that's jarring, Tommy. Um, that's also something I thought about, um, Joey, is like if these become messages that you can um, write what you'd like to write, are they going to become emo lyrics of your favorite band when you're sad? We don't know. To be seen. But that would be very cool, I think. Yes. Uh, I think this is a cool... Um... This is a cool new feature from Instagram, so we'll see where it goes. All right, let's jump over to Twitter. Um, Amanda, tell us about how Twitter is sharing new insights into the evolving gaming conversation. So this is pretty interesting conversation for Twitter to jump in on. Um, I think we all know that over the last two years of the pandemic, gaming has exploded. Um, I think with the recent conversations around metaverse and gaming platforms, this will continue to grow. What's interesting is that while you can interact on the gaming platforms themselves, we're still in the stage where players are using social media and other messaging apps to communicate more consistently. So Twitter's noticed this and started tweeting a lot of information about the gaming conversations that are happening on the app. So first they tweeted about some of the most tweeted about games. Um, and I'll go in a little bit deeper to that in a second. They also talked about some of the key markets that are having gaming conversations and also a lot of the top esports athletes and creators. So it was interesting enough that Twitter wanted to acknowledge this was happening on their platform. But I think, too, we can still look at the actual content of what they're talking about and understand some trends. I mean, really briefly, some of the most tweeted about games kind of fell into three categories. There are these very beautiful, creatively rich um, games like Genshin Impact and Animal Crossing that give creativity to the player. And they also have these regular ongoing events, the way that you would have a community event. So it keeps people talking about it. People want to know when the next event is going to happen and what kind of you know special perks they can get. The other bucket is really around esports and competitive gaming. So Apex Legends and Fortnite obviously huge tournament games um, and people are following those leagues and understanding, you know, who the top players and teams are there. So that's a big part of the conversation too. And then the third bucket to me is really around kind of the entertainment aspect. Um, so especially with like some of the more popular global games, there's a game called Ensemble Stars, um, which isn't huge in the U.S. yet, but they have just released an English language version. So I'm sure you will hear about it, but they've also adapted this game into an anime so we start to think about superhero movies, um, some of these kind of like comic movies and things like that, and how that's becoming part of our entertainment conversation. So we'll see that also happen with gaming. It's interesting stuff. And I think, too, Twitter is trying to get credit for the fact that 
these conversations are happening on a social platform. Um, I think sometimes we have the habit to look at gaming and social audiences as separate. And it's really important that we don't really look at this as an overlap of users, but an overlap of interests. People like playing games. They like talking about games. They like making content around games. And while these seem like two different platforms to be interacting, it's the same people having the same conversations around what they love and different opportunities for brands to show up. So you mentioned the uh, different opportunities for brands. Do you think that some brands have an advantage when it comes to advertising in or marketing in the metaverse? I don't think that some brands have an advantage because I think every brand, if you have a very strong, unique brand purpose that comes to life in any passion point and in any platform. So I think when we think about gaming in the metaverse, um, it's the same way we should think about our social platforms and our print and our out of home and our broadcast and all of those pieces. You know, what are we saying in this particular experience and how can we add value? And when you drill that down into the brand itself, having a purpose for why you're there um, and what you're, you stand for. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, what do you think of this move from Twitter? I think this makes total sense. I mean, you talk about, I mean, it's funny, I reading an article about CES and kind of the takeaways from that, how the buzzword from CES was metaverse. Everything is metaverse. Um, and you don't consider the fact that, I mean, gaming is really a lot of people's first way into a sort of metaverse. We talk about Roblox, but that's going to, I almost said the word indoctrinate, non-doctrinate, but introduce um, a whole generation of children to the concept of a connected metaverse interface and that sort of connection. And I think that Twitter knowing this and being a unique place to have these conversations on the platform, it makes total sense that they kind of highlight being like, hey, we're the guys who are able to make this happen. And we are facilitating this and moving the conversation forward in a way that other platforms aren't. So I think it's a way, I think it's twofold. One is Twitter trying to like clap stuff on the back, which, you know, sure. And two, it really goes to show how that's such a unique space to have those interactions about gaming because gaming doesn't just exist when people are doing it. It exists in the culture. It exists when people are thinking of it as a way forward. Gamification in advertising marketing is such a big thing right now. And I think, I mean, obviously that comes from the sort of culture around innovation that is through gaming. So I think it's it's all just really exciting to me seeing what the future holds and how this is kind of our way forward. So yeah. Yeah, this is this is awesome. Very exciting things. Every time Metaverse comes up, I, I sort of dig in a little deeper and uh, can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. All right, let's let's stay on Twitter. Uh, Tommy, talk to us about Twitter who released live reacts to the platform. Twitter is testing a full screen reply option that will enable users to choose a quote tweet with reaction to create and customize a unique video or image tweet. With this new option, users will be able to add a full screen video or image to respond to a tweet with the original tweet then embedded in the visual. Twitter is also testing an updated text editor option for tweets, which will help users to add more color and presence to their comments. All this means that Twitter is putting more focus on visual engaging responses, which of course aligns with you know evolving user behaviors. TikTok, I mean, we, we can't, can't just not mention them, is credited with popularizing the full screen visual feed approach that platforms are now looking to adopt for their own purposes. And Twitter is also now displaying images at full size in feeds. And this is certainly, um, <laughs> it's an interesting development. Twitter's been making moves away from its simply copy and picture origin for a while now in terms of like the actual just tweet. 
Um, but this is a whole new can of worms. To Twitter's credit, I do think that this will certainly encourage new ways of interacting to tweets, which is never a bad thing when you're looking to grow your audience. And it also keeps that engagement on Twitter itself, as opposed to users, you know, resharing tweets on other platforms and reacting to them there. I mean, I see a lot of TikToks that are just people reading and reacting to tweets. And so Twitter is also trying to add, you know, 50% more users over the next two years. And I'm sure there are revenue goals that Parag is trying to meet. So I don't think that this will be the last of these sort of out there updates, but I'm not sure this will be a feature that I'm using on Twitter. I don't come to Twitter for this sort of thing. I feel like this, I've given Twitter a lot of props. I mean, obviously like I love the app, but also because a lot of their updates make sense and are organic, but this one's such a hard left for me that I just can't see myself using it. And I'm not sure that people I know on the app or people I follow on the app, which is quite a bit, will be so keen to use it as well. So I think this will be, I mean, maybe we'll see adoption, maybe it won't, but it's certainly, it, the goal is there to try and make more visually engaging tweets and to boost engagement this way. But I'm, I don't know if this is the way to do it. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I read that Parag set the goal of doubling its members in two years or users in two years. Does this help Twitter get closer to that goal? What do you think, Amanda? Um, I think that we would be remiss not to talk about the RIP fleets era of the fake Instagram story clone. Um, this feels very similar to the ask to create content on the platform. Um, and I understand that Twitter probably wants to try to get users in and creating especially visual content on the platform. But I feel that we've already seen the case study that this is not a natural behavior to Tommy's point that's happening. Um, props to them for trying new stuff always. I think they try more than any other platform <laughs> to see if something works. So I won't give them too much heat for that. Um, but I, I don't see this as something that someone would download the app that might not already have it because you can do this on another app that's probably already on your phone. Um, I don't think this will do that job, but I do think that we will continue to see ways that Twitter tries to get creation on its app other than just text content. Yeah, it is interesting, right? They they tried Fleets, nixed it. Now they brought on Spaces, which in my opinion is going really well. Um, I, I've checked out a couple of uh, Spaces so far. Speaking of, and this is a great transition, let's get into LinkedIn who launched a test of audio rooms on their platform and announced new formats for live events. Amanda, tell us about it. This is interesting. Um, LinkedIn is launching an initial test again of, I'm going to go ahead and say it, a very Clubhouse-like feature for audio events on the platform, Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces-like feature. As you can imagine, this lets users tune into live discussions, participate by raising your hand. You can join as a speaker and you can post um, likes in the chat below. Not incredibly surprising, but I will say they are also using this format to test features and templates for other live events, including video events. So if you can imagine this format, but instead of audio only, it's video this starts to add a little bit of organization and a little bit of interest to what would be a slightly chaotic live video sometimes if it's not being you know, managed the right way. 
And they're also applying this format to video live streams that come from one user. So while yes, they know that this format works, it's worked on Clubhouse, it's worked on Twitter, it's not a risk to apply it to their platform. I will say a lot of the behavior on the other apps and a lot of the conversations being had are around professionalism, entrepreneurship, networking, um, jobs, and things that feel more native to the LinkedIn audience. So it might make a little bit more sense for those conversations to migrate to LinkedIn. What I also found interesting is since the pandemic, live events on the LinkedIn platform have increased by 150% year over year. So this isn't out of left field. Um, This is a trend that they saw happening that they're trying to improve the user experience of, which I don't see happening on many other apps. I think when you look at Instagram Live, when you look at, you know, Twitter spaces, they're not innovating the format as much. They're kind of taking the thing that already works, which is great. It's working right now. But I will give LinkedIn the credit for trying to evolve how those live experiences um, exist. And one thing I'll say too, just in context, LinkedIn is is a very important platform right now, more than I think uh, we like to think about. You know, we're in a time when people, especially people in professional settings, they don't have a water cooler. They don't get a chance to grab a coworker and say, can I pick your brain on this? They don't get a chance to have someone proofread their emails. Like, especially when you think about the people that have entered the workforce in the last two years during the pandemic, there's not that connection and that accessibility and those resources available. Even if you've been in the workforce for a very long time, you're, it's a totally different world now. We're remote. A lot of people have changed jobs and have different priorities. So it's a totally different world where people don't have anywhere to find resources. So LinkedIn, I think, is understanding that they have a very crucial role in finding these connections and finding this, this education and information. And I respect them for trying new formats and pushing the formats in a way that actually adds value for the user because before the pandemic, one might say they weren't innovating enough and they weren't attracting new users. But I I think they're doing the right, they're taking the right steps to get there. I 100% agree with you that LinkedIn is underutilized and underappreciated across the social platforms. Tommy, what do you think as a new member of the working force? Yeah, I mean, I look at this and I, so famously, I was in school during COVID. I graduated May, 2021. So I was looking for jobs during the height of the pandemic. So winter 2021, that really, I mean, this is not a great winter either. The last winter was rough because we didn't even have the vaccine yet. And so like, I would just cold message people on LinkedIn to get into this industry being like, hey, can I like have half an hour? So on and so forth. And I think part of it was I wanted to learn about the industry and what I was getting into. And if I had spaces like this to go to a, hey, Here's an hour talk about advertising with professionals. You can take notes, learn, connect afterwards. It would have saved me a lot of time and also a lot of just like stress and worry about, you know, being maybe too overbearing or that sort of thing. So I think I look for people, I look at people who are still trying to find jobs at school. I mean, this sort of career fair in-person system isn't happening anymore because of COVID. So it all exists online now. And this gives people literally the space to make connections and to get information that that's needed to enter their respective industry in a way that is natural, organic, and just helps engagement for the platform. So I think this is like a home run for LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn also too is underutilized. I mean, a lot of the culture on it, I find very annoying, but I think as a platform and as capabilities, it's really rock solid. I think this just continues kind of the toolkit that you have to just grow connections and 
gain information. So I would have loved to have this back in uh, 2021. Uh, yeah, that's that's awesome, Tommy. Totally agree. And Amanda, why don't you take us home? Yeah, the last thing I was going to say, too, is I think to your point, Tommy, there's been, I wouldn't say abuse of these formats and live videos and audio rooms, but there's varying degrees of value that they've been adding because it's a new feature and everybody's getting really excited about it um, fairly. And I think what LinkedIn is focusing on and what they will find value in focusing on is exploration and discoverability and making sure that the most helpful and relevant and interesting conversations and live events are getting to its audience. So it sounds like that's part of their path forward too, of how do we innovate this feature into something that is adopted, is used, and is kind of a staple of how people interact. Yes. (laughs) Very good analysis on LinkedIn. Really great platform. Definitely awesome for us in the working class in this time. All right, let's wrap this up. This was a great week, a lot of great discussion. If you don't already, be sure to follow us on Apple and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Share this episode with a friend if you found some value in what we were talking about, maybe a family member, maybe a coworker. If you've got questions, comments, a concern, you know, a point of interest, a complaint, or if you wanna give us a thing to talk about, email us at podcasts at gray.com. I'd like to thank Tommy and Amanda for joining us, Danielle and Guy behind the scenes. Thank you. See you next week. And in the meantime, be social. The five things are written and researched by the Social and Connections team at Gray New York, produced by Joey Scarillo and Danielle Hunt, mixed at Gramercy Park Studios by Guy Rosemarin and Amanda Fuentes, with post-production support from Ned Martin. Additional support by John Jenkinson, Christina Hyde, and Liz McGovern. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com.